0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Game On Live. I'm Drew Markle, sports writer for the Intel and the Courier Times. And I'm joined by uh, guest Todd Thorpe, uh, another sports writer for the Intel and the Courier, and our pro sports writer, Tom Moore. How are you guys doing today? Pretty good. Pretty good. Very good. All right, we got a lot of things. Let's, let's get let's get cracking, guys. we got a lot of things going on. Tom, we'll start with you. Uh, you know, the Phillies open tonight. Um, I know you're heading down there for the, you know, the quote opener. Here we are on, you know, July 24th with an opener, no fans. You know, I guess we're going to have some uh, cardboard cutouts of people in the, you know, in the seats. You know, Tom, you know, you've been doing this a long time, but this is a weird time. What are you expecting to see?
1: Yeah, it's, I was down Monday night for the exhibition game, Drew, and it it is strange. I mean, they still Charge, except there's no one to yell charge anymore they still you know have tape take me out to the ball game recorded uh for the seventh inning stretch about the the crowd and, and there's no crowd there uh, the players the overflow players don't sit in the dugout they sit in the stands between the dugout and home plate it's just very very unusual and odd you can hear just about everything the players say so it's it's different it's totally uncharted waters um you know, I I, I guess, yeah. you know, I, I guess that was a little bit of a taste the other night. But like this is the real thing. And, you know, I, there's always a sellout crowd, even when the team's not very good on the first day. And there'll be, you know, a handful of people in the stands, team employees. They only allow 35 media members in in the press box because of uh, socially distancing. The photographers will kind of be on the moving around, trying to get shots from different places. You see them walking around and that's it. They have a piped in no- background noise that sounds like a bunch of birds in a tree chirping. Um, it's, it's it just really real. And then they have, they have a cheering recorded cheering when something good happens, which I suggested if they want to make it realistic, there should be booing when something bad occurs because Philadelphia being Philadelphia and New York and Boston, they're known for that. But yes, I, it should, it, it should be unlike anything that anyone's ever seen through.
0: Well, Tom, you know, you, I heard, you know, football players say that if there's no fans for NFL games, you know, that might not be a bad thing. If you're going on the road to play, you know, in a notoriously loud stadium, you know, you're not hearing the crowd and all the noise. You'll be able to hear the plays called. And, you know, some of them have said they wouldn't have a problem with it. But motivationally, how do you see these baseball players? I mean, you know, you're getting pumped up for a game where, you know, it's basically in a vacuum.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They have to do it themselves. I mean, you have to, the bench and the other, your teammates and yourself, you know, have to do it. You know, a guy like, you know, Harper, Bryce Harper, who's very, very, you know, sort of feeds off the crowd and vice versa. You have to figure out a way, you know, to do it, you know, to do it yourself. And it's uh, I guess they've had, you know, they had the three exhibition games to get a little bit of a taste of what it's like. Um, but now, you know, the, the real thing. So that's another, that's another aspect that will be uh, very interesting. You, you probably saw they're expanding the playoffs. Um, yep. you're going to, to 16 teams, eight in each league, which is totally new. Um, uh, it'll be an extra, uh, three teams in each, in each league. Um, and it'll be, uh, last year, the Phillies were 81 and 81. They would have missed the playoffs by three games. There could, there could be teams with losing records, making it, um, I think it's – I understand why they're doing it, to make people involved, but it doesn't – to me, it, 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 it doesn't – this doesn't merit it. You don't need half the league like the NBA and the NHL making the playoffs. It just – it's not worth it. And they're going to play first-round series best of three, and the higher-seeded team gets all home games so there's no travel. But still, you get two hot pitchers, you lose two games at home, you could be the team that would have won the World Series. Um, so I guess maybe that's part of it because it's such a unique season. They want to try something you know, different, and I would hope – that this will not continue after this year. What do you think, Todd?
2: Well, I think. Yeah, I think it, it sounds. Go <laughs> ahead. It sounds like one of the European soccer tournaments, like a round robin, that they're just having a tournament at the end, um, the you know the, the knockout round or whatever it is. Um, I have to say, I watched the the Dodgers Giants game last night with the cardboard cutouts. It actually seemed a little more livelier than most LA sports events do. Um, you know, just uh, just kind of <laughs> it's kind of funny just watching the cardboard cutouts. And almost at first, you don't even really notice. But then you kind of get the feeling. But it was interesting to watch the games and, and the quiet. It kind of seemed like a practice almost. And I know that a lot of NBA, a lot of people in the NBA have been saying the same thing about the scrimmages they've been having. Well, Tom, I mean, you're, you know, you're you're a huge baseball fan, uh, a purist,
0: also a baseball, and you know, a big Red Sox fan. How, do you, how would you feel, you know, if your Red Sox won a World Series with a 60-game schedule after going, you know, let's say they finish third and go, you know, 35 and 25. I mean, does it, does it feel like it'll count for you? Or
2: I'm sure for some it would. It'll feel like it counts. And I'm, People are just desperate to, to watch any kind of sports. But I guess, you know, being older and having gone through, you know, the, the strike of 1981, I guess it was. And even that year, it didn't quite feel right during that world series. And I I don't think it'll feel this. Like I said, this just kind of feels like a tournament that they're having because they can't have a season. So let's just get everybody together and have a tournament and see, see who wins, see who the best team is and try and make some money and, and give the fans something to cheer about. It doesn't, it doesn't feel, I said this the last time we talked, all this doesn't seem real to me yet. I guess maybe once they start really getting into a season and everything, I'll, I'll feel differently. But right now it still kind of feels almost like a glorified practice.
0: Yeah, I got you. I mean, if you, you, they always talk about you know if, if teams start out hot, you know, they they giving themselves a chance. But on the flip side, if you start out poorly and, and you you dig yourself a hole, then you're you know then you're done. But all right, let's let's switch uh, let's switch over to basketball. You know, Tom, the Sixers along with the rest of the NBA are down in the bubble and at Disney World, which seems you know knock on wood to kind of be working as far as keeping people as healthy as I and I guess possible and with all this mess. You know, they and they have their first exhibition game, you know, this afternoon. Um and what do you think? I mean, they're kind of facing the same thing. I, how, how do you look at that and the fact that they're, you know, away from home, which is which has been bad for them for the season, but everybody else is away from home too. I mean, it is playing in that bubble at, at Disney World, you know, a plus or a minus for the Sixers.
1: Yeah, I mean that they, they, they were I think they were the best home team in the league they were i believe 29 and two it at, at the wells fargo but then they were awful on the road um were you know worse than a bunch of teams that uh you know wouldn't have made the playoffs so it's a neutral site i i don't know exactly what that means and i guess it looks like they probably won't have home court advantage wouldn't have had home court advantage in any of the playoff rounds so in that respect it's good that they don't have to win a game seven on the road in toronto like they you know tried to do or came close to doing last year. Um, the, one, the difference there is they already played, you know, uh, 60, you know, 60 some game, you know, 60 game, 60 plus games. So they do have, you know, they, they will play a fairly representative season with eight more games. They'll end up playing almost a full season. Whereas baseball, I mean, a year ago in baseball, the nationals wouldn't have made the playoffs if it was a 60 game season, right. regular, You know, and they won the world series. They got hot. And on the other hand, some teams that you know, totally fell apart that we're not very good in the second half would have made the playoffs. So, you know, baseball, they have to, you have to get your act together and a guy slumping or a pitcher's not pitching. Well, you, you got to treat them almost like playoff games. You got to pull them early because 60 versus 162, each game is worth, you know, like two and a half over two and a half games, you know, in terms of value based on a regular season. So um, basketball I think is, is very similar, you know, to, to the, MLB that um, it's a whole new world and the, the, the players have to figure it out and get their, um, you know, get themselves uh, motivated if they, if they, you know, relied on the crowd, which the Sixers clearly did in South Philly.
2: This kind of feels like with the NBA, it almost feels like, a, you know, it's like a, it gives everybody a chance to kind of recharge almost like a preseason because, you know, the Sixers at one point, they get Ben Simmons back. Nobody's even sure he was going to be ready for the playoffs back when the season ended in March, um, you know, Victor Oladipo for the Pacers is healthy and he can play. And that makes a big difference with them. Um it just seems, it almost seems like a little bit of a playoff with, um, with the, or a little bit of a new season, like a jump start. And then you know, the Sixers, Brett Brown says he's going to, you know, try more Ben Simmons off the ball and, you know, shake Milton at the point guard. It's like, it's like this is like preseason all over again. It's just kind of weird. It, it, it's, it's the most interesting thing I can imagine. I mean, really it's, uh, Like the teams are allowed to reset almost and and then go for the playoffs.
0: Well, Tom, I'll ask the same question I asked of Todd with with baseball. If the Sixers win an NBA title, I mean, how would you, you know, from an objective standpoint, how would you view it?
1: Well, I would say it's more representative than baseball because they will have played almost the whole season, even with a four, you know, four and a half month gap in the middle. But the, the playoffs are best of seven. It is still uh, the top eight in each conference make the playoffs and it is still one versus eight, two versus seven, three versus six, uh, four versus five. So I think it's more represented. It's closer to a regular, uh, to a normal season, certainly than baseball will be in terms of amount of games and the way they're conducted. They're not not expanding the playoffs. The only thing they're doing is if a team is ninth in the conference and is within four games of the eighth place team, they have like a little play in series to see who makes it. That's the only thing that's different but the top seven teams would all be locked in. The Sixers already have a spot. They can't finish worse than sixth. They could move up as high as fourth if they could catch the Pacers or the Heat. So they're already in. And Brett Brown, like Todd said, he may may end up trying some things and treating some of those eight regular season games almost like preseason games, trying different combinations, trying a different guy as his 10th man to, to give a crack to see in the playoffs, is this a guy that we should be giving minutes to or one night it might be uh, Glenn Robinson III. The next night, um, you know, it could be, uh, you know, uh, fill, fill in the blank. It could be any number, uh, uh, you know, of other guys. Norval Pell, whoever it is, uh, Mike Scott. And then, but by the playoffs, when they start, I believe it's August 18th. That's when you have to have your act together. And you have to know because it becomes best of seven, and you lose. You know, you lose four to seven, you're gone.
0: Well, Todd, I guess uh, along that same vein, you look at the fl- you know the Flyers in NHL starting up, you know next week, um, late next week, early the following week, you know, and they're qu- you know kind of in a, a, a bubble and you know playing up in, in Canada. I mean, how do you look at, at at you know the Flyers and you know their chances and if they make a run? I mean, is, is it is it kind of the same because they've they've already had you know the brunt of their season played?
2: It, to some extent, I, I've always kind of viewed hockey as like a season in chunks, where people get hot at different times of the year, and the teams that usually get hot in April and May are the ones that that we hear about. So we do. It's the one sport where like the number one seed in the playoffs is like endangered some years. Um, the Flyers seem to be playing really well in January and February as they started going. Is that same Flyers team going to be playing really well in August? There's no re- with the young legs, and there's no reason to think they won't but we've seen it before. I mean, I guess it was 2010 when they made the finals. The only reason they even made the playoffs was like a shootout at the end of the season. I mean, just hockey is just a strange sport in terms of momentum and who gets hot when and who gets a hot goaltender when. And, you know, the Flyers have a really good goalie. If he gets hot, Carter Hart, if he gets hot, there's no saying that they can't make a long run here. And and when March happened, they were playing as well as anybody. So, I mean, are we going to see the same Flyers in August that we saw in March? I think that's the biggest question we have to ask about them.
0: Gotcha. All right, guys. Um, Well, Todd, I'll start with you. We found out this morning that the the middle Atlantic conference, which um, Delaware Valley is a part of, and Arcadia is a part of, they they canceled their fall season. A few weeks ago, they they set out a plan that they were going to delay it in hopes that, you know, things may get better and, and only play, you know, conference games. Well, they pulled the plug today. Um, did that surprise you? Did you think they might, may have waited a little bit longer or is or just the logistics said enough, you know, we, we need to get rid of this now?
2: It really doesn't surprise me at all because you're just seeing, you know, I just read a story last week about the Peace Act, the Division II schools in Pennsylvania essentially did the same thing, that conference. Um, you know, you see the Ivy League and the Patriot League and division, you know, smaller Division One conferences. I think the ones that – the conferences and the divisions that really make money, i.e. football, college basketball – I, those are going to be the ones that try to salvage something here. Um, I think if you're a college, you're still a academic institution that's funded by the government and funded by students paying tuition. Your number one goal has got to be to keep students healthy. And I think these schools where, in Division three and Division two, where it's very competitive, it's very entertaining to watch, but it's not a revenue sport, those are just too big a risk to take. And I think in, you're seeing some of these major conferences in football taking some really hard looks on whether they should pull the plug. And I think the reason they're not is because they've got so much to gain and the exposure. And, you know, even if they play games without stadiums, these contracts, just like the NFL, these contracts, these TV networks have with these these conferences are humongous. So I think they're going to hold out as long as they can. But in the smaller classifications and the smaller conferences, the risk doesn't outweigh the reward in terms of revenue, um, because you really are you're you're truly intercollegiate sports in that level. And you got to look out for the students and the athletes and the student athletes and, and everybody involved. It's just too big of a risk. And I, and I think that's the fear when it comes to scholastic too. And I know that everybody's planning in Pennsylvania, the full bore ahead right now, um, some other States have made some other adjustments, but at what point does the risk outweigh the reward? And that's a question we're all asking. And I think the, the middle Atlanta conference, of Mac kind of made that decision today.
0: Now, well, Tom, with, with the college sports, um, you see, you know, what's the next shoe to drop? I mean, is it the big time programs or or like Todd said, they're just going to buy themselves some time and maybe just keep their fingers crossed. What do you see maybe happening next?
1: Yeah, I think they'll probably wait and see if they can report, you know, close to on time. Um, you've seen like the big 10 is not playing any non-conference games. And I think more that's originally what the Mac did. Um, and I think more conferences will do that. That will you know, take them three weeks deeper into September than they would have already started. Give them a little time to see, um, but yeah, I don't think this is. I don't think the MAC um, is going to be the last one um, to not play uh, fall sports. Um, whether they can re, you know, play football in the spring, I guess that's something that they tabled. You know, that they, you know, could consider. But I think some some other lower level Division One, you know, leagues like the Patriot and the Ivy. Um, You could see more of that happening. The question is when. You know, the the SECs and the Big Tens and the you know the 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 Pac twelve and and the the Southwest Conference, the 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 really big conferences, the ACC. Will who will be the first one of them if they do it? You know, to do to do that. And you know, I I would think they're going to wait as long as they can. But at a certain point, you got to make a decision. And you know, you can't play every game at home I I don't think they're going to play games at one site everybody travel there in football that's just not realistic so somebody's going to have to travel and you know hotels and all that stuff which is which uh, baseball team baseball is going to be dealing with too the the teams playing half the games on the road so I think more it will happen with more uh conferences the question to me is who's the first big conference to do it elite power conference if you will
0: Gotcha. Guys, now, and, and when we look at the high school level, two weeks ago, New Jersey's uh, governing body for high school sports came out and said, we're, we're, st- we're not starting um, our fall sports until, you know, October, with, with football starting, I believe, on October 2nd. Um, now, Thanksgiving football is a big part of the thing in Jersey, and they're going to play right through, or their plan is to try and play right through to Thanksgiving. Are you guys surprised that the PIAA, you know, didn't do a similar thing that, that said, you know, let's let's see how it goes, in, in if the kids go back to the schools, and then let's see how that goes first, and then we could start in October, and 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 maybe go from there, and maybe things are a little bit better. Are you surprised that Illinois hasn't taken that step yet? Todd, you want to take take a shot at that first?
2: You know, I think they're really trying to see what they can do. Let's start on time. You know, if if the governor and all the Local authorities give the green light to start schools on time. Let's find, and then we'll determine if there's a f- safe way we can do, you know, interscholastic sports. I mean, you talk a, you talk most of these sports do not have high attendances. Um, you can, you know, if you can socially distance at most of these sports. Um, football is the big, you know, the elephant in the room because those are the sports. That's a sport you get, you know, crowds in the thousands. And um, I think they're just waiting. Let's see what we can do because right now. Most of these schools, and I know you did a story Drew a couple weeks ago on the football teams going back to work and doing practices. Most of these teams have programs and or, or protocols in place to do it safely. And I think they're gonna try to, to keep those protocols now in place for games on time. But I think like all these schools do, there's there's you know there's backup plans because you know, if Governor Wolf doesn't like the, the numbers come mid August or late August, he could pull the plug on the whole thing again. And I think governors all across the country, it's not just him, are, are really holding tight to the same thing. So do they start on time? I, if I guessed, I'd probably say no. In terms of games, I'd say no. But I think they're going to start – they're going to try to plan to do it. Like that August 10th is at the, 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 um, the, uh, the heat acclimation. The
0: heat acclamation. Yeah.
2: yeah. I think they're going to try to stick to that number, and they're going to hold out as long as they can, and they'll get these kids in, and they're going to be as careful as they can. Um, we'll see about the schedule, but – I would, if I, if you, you know, if you ask me right now, I'd say probably starting on time is going to be problematic. I'll say that. Tom, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I would agree with Todd. I just think the way the numbers have been going, and the so many um, young people in their twenties, you know, seem to be uh, the numbers are going really going up. The not wearing the masks and things like that is really having an impact. I mean, we could have been over this. This could have been all taken care of if everybody had done what they were supposed to do. And I think once, once we got the green, um, even though everything wasn't open, I think people thought it was time to everybody go back in the pool and everybody hang out and everybody interact. And we're seeing, you know, the, the results of that, um, you know, unfortunately. So yeah, the question is when does the PIWA do anything? How far do you let it get along if the numbers aren't getting better, if the numbers were getting better as they were, you know, six. Five, six, seven weeks ago, um, you, I could have seen it coming. But now that we've kind of taken a left turn here, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. And you know, clearly the you know all the athletes and the coaches and the parents, especially the ones that are seniors, you know, want to have their senior year. Just look, all the all the the athletes in high school and college that missed out on their spring seasons that were seniors, especially, you know, is is it's really a shame. But um, you know, if the danger and you know the the chances for, you know, getting COVID, um, continue to increase and there isn't a vaccine, which it doesn't look like there probably will be in this calendar year. Um, they may not have much of a choice.
0: Gotcha. Guys, good stuff as always. Um, that'll be it for today. Uh, everybody, if you get a chance, check out the, uh, the last of the nine part series we've been doing, um, on all decade teams, the top 10 athletes of, you know, Nine different sports. The you know, the football team will be running in the Intel and the Courier in print on Sunday and online uh, early Sunday morning. Um, that's been a lot of fun, hopefully for people seeing it and looking at the names and just remembering. And you know, you know, we, we put a lot of work into that. So check that out. And also for more sports coverage, please go to the, courier-times.com, the intel.com that's the Intel uh, with two Ls, and burlingtoncountytimes.com. Uh, you Also, you can find our, our podcast on Apple, Google, and Spotify, and a live version of this podcast will be on Facebook. So for Tom Moore and Todd Thorpe and myself, Drew Mark, I we thank you all for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you next time. Have a
1: good one.